The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, September 24th, 2023, on the basis of Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. We just want to be treated fairly. That's a quote, a recent quote. It was actually just said last week by an auto worker who had just joined the picket line in Detroit. If you haven't heard, some of the workers from Ford and General Motors and Chrysler auto companies are going on strike. They feel like they aren't being paid what is fair. And of course, the owners of Ford, GM, and uh, Chrysler would disagree with them. They feel like they are paying their workers what is fair. But whether you find yourself more agreeing with the owners or the workers, or you're just finding out about this right now, I think we can all agree on one thing. It's important that people are paid what is fair, what is right, what is just. That's how it works. That's how our world operates. That's why both the owners and the workers are willing to sacrifice their own personal financial gain and also put the industry in a little bit of trouble, all to figure out what's the fair wage. The kingdoms of the world, the kingdoms like the kingdom of America or any other nation, the kingdoms of the home, of the classroom, of the auto industry in Detroit, all these kingdoms operate on fairness. We know what is fair. We have an innate sense of what is fair. And when most people think that something is fair, then it's good. And when most people think that something is unfair, then it's not good. But we also live in the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus calls the group of all the people who believe in him, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And in the kingdom of heaven, God runs things a lot differently than we humans run things in the kingdom of the world. So over the next few weeks, as we look at how God runs the kingdom of heaven, we'll find that he has all sorts of policies that we might consider radical. And this morning, in the reading for today, we'll see that in a world where we know what is fair, God offers us what is radically unfair. The landowner in the parable starts out seeming perfectly fair. He wants to hire some day laborers for his vineyard, so he goes out, and he offers everyone a denarius. A denarius was the accepted fair wage for a day's worth of work at that time. So the people happily go off into the vineyard to work for their day's wage. Then the landowner, landowner decides he wants to go out and get some more workers, and so he goes out a few hours later. This time, he promises to pay them what is right. They have no reason to think that the landowner would be unfair with them, and so off they go into the vineyard. They're working about three-quarters of the full day, so we figure they'll probably make about three-quarters of a full day's wage, three-quarters of a denarius. And the landowner does this three more times throughout the day. All day long, he's getting more and more workers for the vineyard, including the last batch of workers that comes in at 5 p.m., only one hour before the workday ended at 6 p.m. They were literally hired at the 11th hour. But they and all the workers throughout the day were more than willing to work for the landowner for a fair wage. And we would be too. We can tell the landowner is being fair. 
We can tell the difference between what's fair and what's unfair. In fact, we've known the difference between fair and unfair since we were little. Remember what happened when there was one piece of cake left and when mom cut it in half, one side was a little bit bigger than the other? Or remember what happened when the teacher's pet got away with more in school? Or the ref missed a call on Friday night? We felt obligated to let everyone know. That's not fair. And of course, fairness continues into adulthood. It just gets a little more serious, a little more important. Some people spend their whole lives fighting for equal rights, fair pay, social justice. We're proud to live in a country that prizes liberty and justice for all. And this isn't a recent thing. You go all the way back to the very first sentence of the very first document our nation ever produced. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And it's not just an American thing either. Throughout the centuries and millennia, we've been focused on fairness. Case in point, Jesus' parable today, when the landowner offers to pay what is right. I think you get the idea. All, as long as humans have been around, we've been focused on fairness and justice. And our love of fairness and justice is really a blessing from God. God gives each of us a conscience that helps us tell fair from unfair. We use this conscience to do all sorts of good things, from simple things like waiting our turn at a red light to more complicated things like a Supreme Court justice making a good ruling on a case. This conscience has helped us fight for the rights of people who haven't always had them. This conscience helps parents discipline their children fairly. This conscience helps people get paid for the work that they do. In the kingdom of this world, our whole lives revolve around this basis of fairness and justice. If somebody does something good, it's fair that they're rewarded for it. And if someone does something bad, it's fair that they're punished in some sort of way. But when we bring the fairness and justice of the kingdoms of the world into the kingdom of heaven, that's where we run into some issues. Our sinful nature loves to take the world's idea of fairness for a spin through God's vineyard. And we start to look around and think about which people deserve more and which people might deserve less. We think about so-and-so who's been a Christian their whole lives, but when's the last time they've volunteered for anything? Or we think of such-and-such who just started coming to the church and they almost make it every single Sunday and they even stay for Bible study. And the rankings fill in. Of course, then we look to the top of our rankings and lo and behold, it's myself in that coveted number one spot. I mean, I, I have my issues, but considering the circumstances, I think I'm a pretty good Christian. We do all this ranking without even thinking about it because it's how the whole world around us works. It becomes second nature. So that's why it's so surprising how Jesus ends his parable. He goes on. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. They had to have been thinking, if those guys who barely worked an hour got a whole day's wage, 
well, I must be in for a windfall. I've been here since 6 a.m. I did the tough setup work. I worked through the hot midday sun. I've got to be in for at least 12 times what they earned. So they walked up to the front of the line with both hands out, bracing themselves for the bag of gold that would surely be put into their hands. But sure enough, they got up to the front of the line, one denarius. They didn't like the surprise. They grumbled. Their problem wasn't that their denarius wasn't fair. They had agreed to work for the denarius at the beginning of the day. Their problem was these other people, these people who had barely strapped on their work boots before it was quitting time, and yet the landowner valued that work as equal to the 12 hours of hard work. How is that fair? That's exactly Jesus' point. It isn't fair. It's radically unfair. And thank God that it is. Because if God were fair with us, if he did give us what we deserve, he would have kicked us out of his kingdom a long time ago. When we take a look at what God asks us to do, our job description as Christians, and what we actually do, we wouldn't last three seconds in the performance review. God is perfect. And so anything less than perfect is offensive to him. So he demands that we be perfect in everything we do, everything we say, even everything we think. So maybe you are a family that comes to church just about every Sunday. That's fantastic. That's a huge blessing. That's so beneficial for your faith to be fed by the gospel. But don't think that because you wake up early on Sunday morning that you should put both hands out and expect that bag of gold. If you were to do that, the foreman would probably say something like, well, great job on Sunday mornings. But what about the other 167 hours in the week? Did you serve God perfectly from your Sunday afternoon all the way through Saturday? Or maybe you're someone who volunteers a lot. Again, that's a great thing, a commendable thing. But it's so easy to have that thought slip in while you're volunteering, to just look down a little bit at the others, to think about those 11th hour workers and how they always manage to show up when you've already done all the hard work. When we look at what God asks us to do and what we actually do, we can never stand. I don't even want to think about the results of comparing those two things. And if I've even sinned once, the fair wage for sin is death. So why am I not dead? It's not because God is unfair. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4 says, He is the rock, his ways are perfect, and all his works are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. God is perfect and he demands perfection from us, so why doesn't he give us what we deserve? That would be just. Because he's also perfectly loving. God's perfect justice and his perfect love is a paradox that can only be resolved in Jesus. Jesus entered our vineyard and got to work. Jesus spent every second of all his days clocked in to doing God's will for us. Jesus volunteered his whole life in service of God and of others. 
And then in the most unfair deal in world history, God took the reward that Jesus earned and he gave it to us. And he took the punishment that we deserved and Jesus paid it. This is why the landowner gives all the workers the same denarius. They aren't receiving what they've earned. They're receiving what the landowner wants to give them. So throw away that ranking sheet of your fellow Christians because none of us are receiving what we've earned. None of us are earning anything. We're only receiving what God wants to give us. And what God wants to give you is complete forgiveness of all your sins, no strings attached. You are perfect in God's sight. And if we think about it, because God gives us all this same equal gift, he raises us all up to the same equal level. The kingdom of heaven is full of people who all hold that same denarius. We are all equally loved by God, equally saved by Jesus, equally headed toward heaven. God loves you just, just as much as he loves his son Jesus. That's equality unlike the world can even imagine. The world around us runs on fairness, but God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, runs on God's unfair mercy. God gives the same amount of undeserved love to the most sinful little toddler as he does to the most sanctified scholar of his word. He gives the same amount of grace to the drug addict as he does to great King David. In the kingdom of heaven, the last become first and the first become last because there are no more rankings. We are all equal in God's sight. And because we're equal in God's sight, we see ourselves and we see others differently. When we look at ourselves, we don't see the pompous person who always finds his way to the top of his own good Christian list. We don't see the person who has a love affair with ourselves at the expense of our relationship with God. Instead, we see someone who's just as valued by God as the great leaders of the Bible. We see someone who's just as loved by God as Abraham or Moses. We see someone who's just as capable of serving God as the apostles Peter and Paul. And when we look out into the world at others, those people who may or may not be in the kingdom of heaven with us, but are certainly in the kingdoms of the world, instead of ranking them according to what we think they've earned, we see them as Jesus sees them. They're all people he's died for. So instead of seeing them according to what we think is fair, we see them as our God sees them, worthy to be died for. That can be a challenge because we're so used to this world of fairness that we do our rankings in. But the more and more we meditate on the unfair amount of grace that God has given to us, the easier it is to give unfair grace to others. Of course, it's still good that the kingdoms of the world are ruled by fairness and justice. Jesus didn't teach this parable about the kingdom of the auto industry in Detroit. He, didn't, he wasn't talking about the leaders of Ford, GM, and Chrysler should take their salaries down to minimum wage. And he didn't mean that the workers should start demanding to be called CEO and the corresponding $10 million salary. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. A kingdom where our merits earn us nothing before God. A kingdom where God fully gives us forgiveness of all of our sins. 
A kingdom where God has made us equals. A kingdom where God wanted to give you his son. That's not fair. Amen.